Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. We are the Internet's comprehensive Wii U show because, honestly, who the hell else gives a shit? My name is Steve Guntling. Hello, I am caked with sweat and mud, Woody Siskowski. We are, uh, and that, he just came here like that. It had nothing to do with the games that we're playing today, sure. which just happened to be two games based on the hit game show Wipeout, uh, Wipeout 3 and Wipeout Create and Crash. It's the game show where they race futuristic vehicles through alleyways, right? That's the one. And shoot That's each other one. with missiles. Needless to say, this is uh, the big one. This is the one everyone's been requesting. This is the this is the. Sh- I mean, we're probably going to retire the show after this, so we had to bring in a guest for this one. Uh, please welcome first time guest Delaney Saul. Hi. Hi, welcome Delaney Saul. Oh, I'm so glad you introduced you. You you welcomed yourself. I that that saves a lot of time for me actually. Thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate you letting on my podcast. <laughs> Welcome. We're excited to have you here, and thank you for helping us cover uh, what are some pretty odd games. Delaney uh, was one of my clumsier friends, so I thought that this game would sort of uh, match up with her interests. She's right. frequently, like, falling into water. I usually fall into water, mud, or sweat. No, it's one of the, the big three. Giant pools of sweat that are around Literal, our town. Literally, like, people don't know this about Bellingham. There are kiddie pools full of actual human sweat on every corner here. And sometimes we just wade around in it. It's pretty great. Yeah, we're very eco, eco-friendly here. We, nothing goes to waste here. Not a thing. We use every part of the man. We're so eco-friendly that we bathe in each other's sweat. We do. We do. And uh, we get all our nutrients that way. I'm going to stop talking about this. This is gross. Uh, before we get talking about our very, very important subject for today, uh, I do have to ask, and even knowing that we only just recorded like two days ago and there's probably not a lot of difference, but, uh, what's everybody playing right now? Uh, I am, I am playing something slightly. I am still playing Psychonauts 2. You didn't beat uh, Psychonauts 2 since the, the five hours since I've seen you. Weirdly, seemingly. I've gotten closer. Uh, okay, I've sure. gotten, no, I've got, I'm pretty close to the end and it's really good. Uh, I've also been replaying, uh, replaying as if I've ever beaten it. Alundra, the original PS1 uh, Zelda knockoff. I've been playing it on my PS. It's a beautiful Vita. looking game. Really beautiful looking game. It's uh, uh, imagine like if Zelda had just an incredibly dark story where most of the NPCs died. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of Alundra, and it's it's a game I've always really liked and have never been able to finish it. I've probably tried like four or five. Is times. it hard or just get up too? So you just lose interest? It's very long. It's just a very long game, and uh, I usually do tend to just like pick up something else and like kind of wander away or, or chase a rain cloud or something. So sure. I've just I've never I've never gotten around to actually finishing it, but I'm trying. I'm doing the old college okay. try this time. Well, speaking of very long games, we're playing on our Vita. Mm. Um, I've been playing Dragon Warrior 3 yeah. um, through emulation, but it was, uh, I, I've been trying to find games to play when I am unable to sleep, which has been happening far too often. So I was playing Dragon Warrior 8 for a while, and then I realized it was too stimulating. Yeah. There was too much stuff going too on. Too exciting. Um, so I really toned it down back to, the, back to the basics of just walk out of town, defeat enemies for 20 minutes to grind your levels and then go back to town and stay at the inn That's a good of, call. of Dragon Warrior 3. So there's <laughs> something, uh, some about those NES Dragon Warriors really uh, warms my cockles. I, I can see them being pretty... Uh, Delaney, Delaney gave just me. winced <laughs> so hard. I, I can see them being pretty, it, like, It's never soothing. fun to visualize someone else's cockles. It's not. You don't want to think about it. Uh, yeah, no, those games, like, the little bit of exposure I've had, they seem kind of, like, soothing because it's it's just straight-up, like, RPG grind, yeah. and you don't really need to pay terribly close and attention. And when you, when you play them uh, through emulation, you can fast-forward the game speed. Oh, wow. Which, which goes a long way, too. What about you, Delaney? What have you been playing? 
Uh, I classically only play Don't Starve, and oh. it's a computer game, so that's why I was pretty bad at this one that we played today, because I don't really know how to use the consoles very well. And this one was pretty much all about making you starve, so it's kind of pretty, it's pretty different than what you're used to. Yeah, well, I mean, I starve a lot in my life, but besides that, it's really the only computer game where you could starve, probably. Now, sell me a little bit on Don't Starve because I've I've seen it on like app stores and everything. I've never actually tried it. And I know it's a popular game. I've just never gotten around to it. Uh, you play with a tiny little guy and he runs around and Sold. chops down <laughs> He chops down wood and things and fights pigs uh, like in normal life, but cool. in this case it's on a screen and it's pretty interesting art style. I really like it because it's uh, a cartoon but like kind of like a sketched cartoon. It's kind of like dark in a way and i don't know something about it is really moody that i really like cool so every time you play it do you like start fresh or is it one continual game or you just play for like a half hour till you die or something uh well woody that's an interesting question actually (laughs) because you could start over when you choose to but you could also continue a game you've already started um usually it's uh tracked by days in the game and i think my record is like in the hundreds, and then I get bored and usually, like, delete that file. Cool. That's, I mean, I'm sold. You get bored, you delete it. Like, that, that's, <laughs> it sounds like a game I want to spend a lot of time with. You've, you've sold me on it. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't Spe- mean yeah, to be mean. Speaking, no, we, we do mean to be mean. That's no, half a, of the, why, mean, why have guests on this podcast? A, if yeah, not if we're not verbally them. berating them <laughs> yeah. and making them sorry they came. Um, speaking of things that get bored and you're done and you delete your file, <laughs> the Wipeout series of video games. Interesting, interesting transition. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Wipeout, the TV show, because these are games based off of game shows, which we haven't really... Uh, when, when was the last time we touched on this? This was well, like Jeopardy, Jeopardy and Wheel, Wheel of Fortune, Fortune, which we're going to have another Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune episode on the Wii U. Was there she- was Chef's Love Shack? Was that a real game show? It was not a real okay. one. It was, uh, to to everyone's loss, uh, unfortunately. So Wipeout was created by Scott Larson and Matt Kunitz. Now Kunitz is the man that Vice once called the Orson Welles of reality TV, which means nothing. It means nothing <laughs> to say that. Uh, I mean, are we talking Citizen Kane Orson Welles, or are we no, talking, talking like about, Transformers the movie Orson Welles? We're talking Wells? about fat pee commercial Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> it sickens me. Uh, so Matt Kunitz, he got his start as a segment producer on one of the first and most influential American reality TV shows, a little show called The Real World. That's the one where they, they started getting real. They just they had to get real about it. I've never really watched The Real World. I don't oh, think I, have... pu- I pushed the mic over towards Delaney. Like, I bet Delaney's got some real world, world takes. And then no. she just like. <sighs> nope. No, that's OK. Uh, My favorite reality TV, TV show is 90 Day Fiance. Oh, OK. OK. I've never watched that one, but I understand it's kind of a. Is there a Wii, show. U, Wii U video game of 90 Day Fiance? Checking. Yes, there's six. Oh, great. So, uh, so, yeah, so we'll invite yeah. you back for those. Delaney. Each one takes a full 90 days to play if you really want the full experience, though. So we're, we're going to have to set aside some time okay. on that. Uh, so in the late 90s, Matt Kunitz scored a major hit with his new show, Fear Factor, ah. of course, which forced contestants to face their biggest fears in order to win cash prizes. Uh, apparently, for the most part, uh, their people's biggest fears is just eating the grossest shit you could find. Like, I am still like slightly traumatized by an episode of Fear Factor because there's an episode where they make contestants eat these really gnarly looking gigantic cave spiders and these cave spiders have like long crab arms and they have to eat them alive 
and they like zoomed in real close of like the 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 claws like pinching the woman in the face trying to stop it. It was horrifying. That show fucking sucks. Uh, it also gave us uh, famed horse dewormer consumer Joe Rogan. So I don't know. There's just really nothing uh, positive to say about Fear Factor. It's also weird, like how quickly the premise like dissolved. Because if it was actually like, okay, you have to face your greatest fear, and now we're gonna like introduce you to this like girlfriend who broke up with you in high school and like that would that would fit right yeah and she's gonna yeah. like berate you yeah and, and, they, but, they, like, it's hard to simulate like, dying alone in a yeah, tv show i don't actually like fear like oh what if i have to eat a super gross spider like yeah I never when is think that about ever gonna come up they're like oh look all your investments tanked yeah. you know what i mean like they need to actually find some sort of real fear like yeah. oh, your house burned down with your loved ones in it yeah. what are you gonna do there we go i think we just made wrote like the next blumhouse movie yeah so I actually eat a lot of spiders in my life, and it's really <laughs> scary for me. So I actually really relate to those guys. In now, is fact, that the is that the percentage of that like you eat in your sleep every year? Apparently, or are you actively consuming spiders? Yeah, I eat eight spiders in my sleep every night. Uh, <laughs> it's not really my choice. It's kind of my living situation. I live about nine meters underground, <laughs> and I don't have walls. Anyway, uh, a, I got also traumatized by uh, Fear Factor as a child because. Uh, I accidentally watched it on my Nana's TV, and at the time, they were blending up rats in a blender and drinking it. Yeah, yeah. That show got really, really? fucked up. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that should be illegal. There was like, a whole lot of episodes involving, like, actually consuming raw animal testicles. Like, just over and over, they were doing that. Like... Because I think they realized that was the that was the thing people were talking about. Like, if you remember that show, it was like a stunt and then eating something gross and then another stunt. But nobody ever talked about the stunts. There's nobody talking about like, oh, this guy held on to the top of a bus while it drove crazy through the city. You don't remember that part because that part looks kind of cool and fun. You remember the gross shit. When did this show come? When, when was this show? This was, was like early 2000s. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. But I think like 99, 2000. Okay. Yeah. It was um, like a real... Morass of culture. It's yeah. like late 90s to early 2000s. That was a dark period. Yeah, that was a dark period. Uh, so Matt Kunitz sold the, the premise to Wipeout to ABC in 2008, and he pitched it as 90% Fear Factor, 10% Japanese game show. Because there really is really not accurate. No. Well, first of all, I don't see really any uh, Fear Factor no, in Wipeout. It, thank you, Christ. One thing we all agreed on is you watch uh, this show or these obstacles, and you're like, man, it would be really fun to do one of these. It's oh, like yeah. the opposite of a Fear Factor. No, I, I think we're, we, we can probably all safely go on the record and say, like, obstacle courses are great, and there should be more of them in our real life, because it's just a fun way to get around. Like, Right. For Steve's record, I just want to say I probably wouldn't do this because I'd drown. <laughs> but that's fun, too. Before somebody, like, plays this on a court tape to you and was like, you said on this podcast you wanted to go on an obstacle course. So, therefore, you are forced to do it. So, I mean, and... This is uh, a legally binding podcast, by the way. It, oh, it is. Everything here is admissible in a court. Um, they did have me sign an NDA, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, and then we had you assign an MRC, which is a, a, a multi-racing championship. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that 10% Japanese game show may have not have really been on the mark because this show was sued by creators of some of those Japanese game shows because they say that not only did they rip off the concept of a lot of popular shows like Takeshi's Castle and mm. things like that, some they're they're also claiming that some of the uh, obstacles in this show were taken straight like whole cloth from a Japanese game show. I think they settled this out of court, but okay. that was kind of the. Uh, 
but I, I mean, this is this is a very proud like Japanese tradition of like of wacky game shows where you have to do obstacle courses like this. There've been a bunch of them. I was also surprised to learn that this show predates American Ninja Warrior, like it does. by like a year or two. Which like obviously they're both a knockoff of, uh, or I mean, American Ninja Warrior isn't a knockoff because it's just the American version of a japanese show of ninja like, warrior right? yeah, yeah like yeah. it's accepted um but that original show is from like 1997 yeah um but then wipe out beat beat them to the bonk here i guess yeah and i mean you could probably point to this for being for like kind of spurring this trend in game shows because we've had yeah we've had like uh uh ultimate Beastmaster on netflix and there's one called hole in the wall where you have to like jump through different shapes in the wall there are a bunch of these this is a genre that i embarrassingly kind of like Me like too. i think that they're pretty fun and like i really appreciate the creativity um of the sort of quote-unquote level design i mean it's cool like as yeah. people who grew up on video games it's cool to be like wow this is like a video game or, but, or even know. if like i don't know if you guys are might be too young for this one but like uh, uh the show legends of the hidden temple oh, sure. on nickelodeon looked like the coolest fucking thing in the world and that's kind of what this is for adults so like i'm on board with the idea and the, i don't know they, like the tone of these is always pretty fun like they're kind of like can you believe we made a show out of this yeah like, yeah we know it's dumb but you're still gonna watch it like there's a miniature golf show that uh holy moly yeah in yeah. the last couple of years and like that show's pretty fun too. it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah. so was uh i watched on netflix the floor is lava i watched it it's funny i enjoyed it uh, so the original iteration of Wipeout was hosted by the Soup's John Henson and ESPN's John Anderson, and it featured contestants working their way through what was billed as the longest uh, obstacle course in the world. I don't think that's accurate. Uh, the game is played in four rounds. There are 24 contestants in the beginning, and then you get whittled down over the course of the show, uh, and all of your everything's based on your time to complete the course. And like I think when you get bonked by something or knocked into the water, it just adds uh, some penalty time. Yeah, and they they were never very clear on the rules of that in the show itself, uh, and it might just be that like okay, you're just you know the clock's still running for however long it takes you to get out of this. Uh, yeah, and then you yeah you play through four rounds, and then the final winner gets uh, fifty thousand dollars, which is a pretty decent amount of money. Uh, and then like I guess the tone here is like this is a little like schlubbier, like they're kind of just like people that they found off of the street it's That's not like american ninja warrior where it's like these are athletes yeah yeah, yeah. these are incredible athletes. rock climbing bros who like you know pound down that kale smoothie and then sure. hit the hit the ninja warrior course no they oh yeah go ahead oh i drink a lot of kale smoothies and i still kind of flail around like these people so just take that with a grain of salt what woody just said i don't does know the kale smoothie true. make you flail is that why they call it kale because it rhymes with flail no i'm just saying that i flail so much that even a kale smoothie won't help me oh fair fair enough so yeah I mean, it's it's a very silly show i actually watched an episode or two of this uh before recording because i've never watched it before which we uh, Which is kind of surprising, being as like it was pretty popular when it came this out. Was, this was popular. This was the number one show uh, of the summer uh, when it first came out. It was drawing like 10 million viewers, which in a post-streaming world is not nothing. You it's know? it's weird. Like the quality of shows is like judged not on like how good the show is, but how little you have to pay attention. Yeah, like, this is a show that you could so easily have on the background that millions of people are like, sure, we'll put that on. You can't. Yeah, totally. I mean, just based off the early episodes, I don't know how much it's evolved or if it's gotten better. But like I, I found it kind of mean spirited 
they were, I mean, they were cracking gay jokes about a guy. Like they were cracking. I mean, they, they were just, they kept making fun of this one woman for being dumb, like the entire episode. And she was kind of like owning that. She, I think she might've won that first episode. They just couldn't let go how dumb she looked like Hmm. because she was pretty. And okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. Apparently. Yeah. So I mean, I I guess they have to like, I mean, much in the same way, like this game, uh, creates characters. They everyone just needs their one basic hook. So there's like the kid who likes skateboarding. Yeah. So everything he said is relates to skateboarding. And then there's the mime who's a mime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Has no other traits. He's a mime. Any, he's a very talkative he's a bad mime. mime. Is the joke oh, with okay. him? He's a bad mime. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bad mime because he wasn't doing mime things at all. No, he was talking, and he, he was had like, the same dance moves as anyone else. He so. did. Yeah, he, he was. He danced the same exact way as the skateboard kid, and they weren't even in the same game. <laughs> uh, so this show was canceled in 2014, but it was revived just this year uh, on TBS with Nicole Byer and John Cena stepping in as the new hosts. Uh, there was a little bit of tragedy to this. Somebody died on the course. Uh, they had a cardiac arrest. A 38 year old, uh, which you know isn't the show's fault you know he, he didn't die because of something that happened in the yeah, show that he darn just exerted like, spiked himself trap that like goes around actually <laughs> like it was designed to decapitate people proved to be more dangerous than they first thought <laughs> yeah exactly Wait, something made to decapitate people is dangerous apparently apparently they learned the hard way though they they did better than uh, i don't know if you read they were they were trying to pitch a new show i think for peacock that was called ultimate slip and slide and they finally got canceled because they had two, count them, two separate cases of explosive diarrhea on the slip and slide. Sure. So that's not a, that's not something you want associated with your slip and slide product. Uh, I feel bad for the people involved in that show. It was all... They were trying to get extra propulsion, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just really to, shoot just their to, way down that slip and slide. Activate boosters. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, all right. So, I mean, at the, at the, like we said, at the peak of this show, it was quite popular. So it did spawn a bunch of video games. There are eight different Wipeout video games. Uh, and the first one was, uh, near as I can tell, the only one that sold worth a shit. Like the, the original iTunes game was like number one on uh, the iTunes store for the year, I think. Well, it, was it probably was like $4. Oh as yeah. As opposed to these games, which these games were full price? Question mark. I, I mean, can't imagine. Sure, they were not full, full price, price when you bought them. But. No, no, these were definitely bargain basement. These are very available games. You can find them anywhere. Uh, they're pretty cheap. Um, but yeah, the first Wipeout game sold pretty well, uh, and most of them are just kind of keeping up the same formula. The only ones that tried to mix it up were uh, uh, Wipeout in the Zone, which was a Connect game. Sounds horrible. I don't and know. That sounds pretty good. Crash. Like that to me, if I, cause we were all kind of baffled. Like none of us knew what this game would be aside from you probably control a character and avoid stuff. Yeah. But to me, like I thought this was going to be a motion control thing using the Wii mode. Right. Yeah. And I'm grateful it wasn't that, <laughs> okay. uh, but it, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe a connector. I, again, I've still never played a connect. Sure. So I don't really know how. It and feels. I do think that like, I'm not surprised that this thing sold well on the iPhone or yeah. iPad. Cause like, that's kind of the level of complexity that this is conducive to. Like, well, this I mean, is it like, would almost feel like an endless runner, you know? Yeah, you play it at the bus stop, but like as a fully featured game on the Wii U, it's uh, it's lacking. It is. It is a little bit. Um, yeah, and then uh, uh, the other thing to note is that this show was like there are versions of this show in forty countries. Like, it is that popular. I guess it's pretty cheap and easy to like stage it, you know, but. So there are even spin-off games based on Total Wipeout, which is the UK equivalent of what we have here. So there's a lot of different Wipeout games. 
Uh, none of them are terribly interesting, but of course, I think the one that we really need to talk about that's not even an official Wipeout game, but it's definitely inspired by this kind of thing, was a big hit from last year, Ultimate Fall Guys, which is uh, a massively... Well, Fall, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is the name of it. Oh, excuse me. Fall yeah, yeah. Guys Ultimate Knockout. Yeah, it's uh, massively... Or not massively. It's a, it's an so online like, multiplayer game where in, you are competing with 100 people, and you just it's same kind of concept. You're whittling it down, and you're like avoiding big foamy obstacles. Have you and, played this game, Delaney? I feel like you might dig this game fall guys you just sort of run around and bonk into stuff uh no like i said i play don't starve sometimes i bonk into things there but it's not really part of the game it's more just because i like got distracted eating a snack or sure you know kind of you like living it. my life sometimes i just have to walk away you know yeah no sometimes you just got to walk away i think that's that's a good philosophy for these games that we're going to talk about <laughs> sure well, let's start with our first one here Wipeout 3 which was released november 18th 2012 that's right it is yet another launch game uh they really sold a lot of wii u's on the strength of Wipeout 3 <laughs> developed and published by activision and it was also released on 360 wii and 3ds now in both cases today i was not able to find really much of anything no wikipedia articles nobody really bothered to review these games uh, it doesn't seem like anybody has any real affection or uh, interest in them at all. So uh, all of our research today is based on exactly what we have played and seen for ourselves. Sure. Uh, all right. So I, I feel like the best way to describe the actual gameplay of this is on rails platformer because you're just you're moving straight, you're jumping, you're ducking. That's kind of all you do. You can't turn. You can kind of shift tracks in the next game, but yeah, in the like first the, game, you're just on a track the entire time. The, you the can't courses do like change direction or snake around, but as long as you keep holding forward, your character will just follow the course. So like yeah. never stop holding forward. Yeah. And then just as the obstacles come, you just kind of jump um, with A or you press B to crouch, mm -hmm. but you can't move when you're crouching. No, you can't move when you're crouching, which uh, is a little annoying. All right, like, are we done with the episode? I think like, we're done. I think we're done. All <laughs> okay, right, thanks, everybody. Subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, uh, no. Uh, the point is, there's not really a lot here. We kind of just described the whole thing. Like, well, it's we we played a round of it, and we're just like, okay, so you just, you just run through this level. You're on a straight path. You avoid the obstacles, and then you make it to the end. They tell you your time. I'm like, all right, that's... What, what do you what do you got next for me, game? And uh, the answer is nothing. They have nothing else for you. Even That's what they have. The tallying of the time seems like kind of a trick because you can't really lose. Like it's no. designed like you're a contestant on the show, but no matter how long you take, seemingly like Delaney had a very slow run as she was sort of getting a feel for the game, mm. and she still won. Yeah. So, <laughs> It still won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's a very easy fifty thousand dollars here. Very, very easy. Yeah, you're you're really gonna kind of coast through. Even when you play it on the harder difficulty, it'll take you longer to get through it, but you're still gonna win every single time. Which I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I guess it would be frustrating to have to replay levels to like fail and then start again on the first round. Cause yeah, each, each sort of episode has four rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have to play through all of them. And I, there's not a great progression of like excitement or difficulty between the rounds. They no. all, especially in this first game, they just kind of feel like a haphazard mesh of obstacles with no real logic to the length or anything. No, no. I also thought it, I also thought it was pretty anticlimactic. Like it yeah. really just ended by the end. I also found it really corny. I thought the animation was really bad. Uh, didn't really do it much in terms of like artistic shit. 
it mostly was mm-hmm. just like run forward and try not to get hit by blocks and things. Yeah. Um, the, the, do you think it was mostly made for people much younger than us? I I almost suspect, but I mean, it's like the the show is kind of pitched at more like. I don't know. It's a it, it's a little. It can be a little racier. I think it's pitched but a little like uh, this game like, has a bunch of it's playable juvenile, playable kids. There are a bunch like, of playable kids, which is not. I don't think that that's true of the real show. Like I'm sure they're well, not going to allow like an eight year old to run the wipeout course. Probably not. <laughs> and I mean the the courses and the character designs kind of remind me of like those backyard sports games or, or like the ESPN oh, yeah. games like that. Which it is looks very, like that uh, bad generic. leisure suit Larry reboot they did for PS2. Which one? So uh, many bad. The one where we went to college. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean yeah. Very pretty generic looking. Everyone's just kind of like soft squishy cartoon type characters um now like the game itself works like I, I wasn't encountering i mean because they kept it so simple like uh i wasn't encountering any major like game stopping issues here i guess um it kind of it kind of does what it says on the tin you can you can argue yeah you got the steel bot the tin box edition of this one i did i got um, steel I box i did thing. think i mean to say something nice like I liked the the banter between the announcers like before the round start. Okay. Um that felt true to the show in the sense that they made a lot of stupid puns. They did. And um like the, the initial theming for the quick play was like a Christmas level. Yeah. It was a weird level to start on, but I, I don't know, like to me that captured the feeling of like, oh, this is a stupid game show. Yeah. But then that presentation kind of falls to the wayside. A um, little bit which would have been nice to see a little more of that. And um, everything that they, like, say as a commentary in-game is not interesting and is repeated very often. It is. It definitely is. Uh, I mean, there are some isolated moments where they mix up the gameplay. Like, there's a... uh, uh, I forget what the obstacle is called in the show, but there's, like, an outline of a shape that the human body makes. It's a wily Coyote uh, running through through the wall. It's exactly that. You need to, like shape yourself to fit through it and you do that with like uh, presses on the d-pad yeah like, well it just all... tells you a button on the controller to press and yeah just, just a quick it. time event which that would have been a functionality again that would have served well for like some kind of motion control yeah um but it, you you have the ability to level up in this game and i wasn't quite clear what leveling up i think it just unlocks did. crud but i thought that's what the money did well, no, you, you you level up to unlock the crud, and then you get the privilege of buying it. Oh, I see. Oh, lucky us. So, yeah, yeah both. It's okay, like a we Costco to... membership. Sure. Right? <laughs> we welcome you. You are now honored to shop with us. Yeah. Okay, all right. I wasn't clear exactly what it was, why because it was doing there's quite that. Like, there's quite a big selection of characters here, Yeah. many of which are very weird. Uh, there's like, like a badger. There's like a robot. Yeah, there's the mime who talks. There's a spaceman. There's a woman, like a old woman who yeah. is a, a cleaner and wears rubber gloves. And you can put, you can buy gloves to put over her gloves. All right. Now, wh- I'm curious about her deal because, like, I wasn't clear if she was supposed to be like a fairy tale grandmother or like an old cleaning lady because she she made some kind of comment and uh, Delaney noticed it, like where he she she was saying something like how the the ball like this game's or this, this show's signature thing is like the big red ball and that's like their mascot and so she said something about like a curse or something she thought it was a real boy but it's just a ball oh what i heard was i thought she said like 
this is actually a red ball. And it kind of like implied that she was expecting testicles <laughs> and was like a little bit disappointed when it wasn't that. Um, so that's that was what I was kind of commenting. Oh, on I see. Like she said, like, oh, I heard there were balls on this show. Oh, it, it, they're just like red rubber balls. OK, she's disappointed. Yeah, she that. was kind of hoping for like a little bit more racier content. OK, I mean, as were we all. I, I mean, know. I kind of was. Right. Yeah, that would sure. have been like some thing. hot cartoon nudity in our Wii U games, <laughs> especially when they're like uh, in an obstacle course mode. I think we need Wipeout Triple X. I think yeah. that's going to be the next game. There's also like mud showers that appear pretty commonly, uh, which I guess is another thing probably from the show. Maybe uh, that just sort of drop off mud at intermittent times. But the mud seems to have, as you were saying, like in the show, the point of the mud is it makes you slipperier. Right. Yeah. It makes uh. it hard, especially like the on the big red balls where you're supposed to like bounce across four of them to get across this chasm, which is very difficult to do. Like the more mud on it, the, the slipper they are, the harder it is to get your traction. So like. But this game doesn't have a physics engine like that. Like, it really doesn't matter if you're muddy or not. Well, I can actually speak to that. I'm kind of an expert in mud. <laughs> okay. It does make you slippery, but it doesn't have the healing properties that, for example, spa mud would have. Oh, sure. Uh, in this way, it kind of just blocked your vision a little bit for a couple seconds. It didn't make you slippier, slipperier. But also, it doesn't matter because you're locked on this path. Like, you're not, it's not like you're going to fall off of stuff. Like, if you get to an edge, like, you, you kind of, tip over and like catch your balance like you're not falling off anything that's totally true i think this game was made for children <laughs> i mean but i'm an angry adult man i want to yell about it damn it <laughs> uh a little bit about the multiplayer in this game too this one is boasting of the first time having like on the couch multiplayer um and it, I guess, kinda it does. So the, boy, the, this was this was disappointing. This was like, weird. Not like, that I was all that hyped up to be able to play four player wipeout, but I was even my very baseline level of hype was was let down. So you you have two different basic modes here. One of them is versus mode, which, uh, contrary to what that sounds like, is actually everybody taking turns finishing a course, which is like it would be in the show. They're not all running it at the same time. Sure, but alternating game. Like I remember, I was pissed about alternating gameplay in the game Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, we have to take turns. We both can't just run the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so to have it in this game of like, all right, now hand the controller to the next person, like, is is pretty lame. Like, pretty lame. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that you, you can't even play. Like, you need multiple Wiimotes to play, even though it's alternate. You can't just hand the gamepad to the next player. Yeah, yeah. That would be a little the more same exact experience, and you don't have to go through the annoying part of syncing your Wii remotes. That would be much more economical. And yeah, it was basically just the same thing over again. The other different mode here is called uh, Trap Mode. And this is where they actually do something with the Wii game or the Wii U gamepad. Not much, but they do something. And that is that uh, two players or, uh, or control, three players. Or two or three, yeah, two or three players uh, with Wii modes will play Wipeout. And this will, this will be where it goes split screen and you're actually competing at the same time. It's just time. so weird that it can go split screen here, but there's no option to just like play normal split screen. Right. And then one person with the gamepad is just activating traps, throwing water balloons at the characters, and then turning on mud showers. Is that right? Yeah. I also kind of have a theory uh, that this game is so bad because kids don't know that they are allowed to criticize things. They think all things are just fine and good. Yeah. And then they'll do the game and be like, this is fine and good. You didn't meet me as a kid. I was very critical of everyone. <laughs> and I do think that that, 
I think that there is something to that, Delaney, but I think that's less and less the case, like as kids are more and more media savvy and exposed to more and more. Because I, I was definitely like that. It was just sort of whatever I had I thought was cool. Yeah. And But I know that other kids now nowadays are much more willing to be like, this is not as fun as Roblox. No. So, no well, nothing could nothing, be. Nothing could be. I have no idea what that game's oh, like. Sure. Yeah. I just know it's more popular than Jesus. Okay. Um, all right. That's their all slogan. Right. And that's my favorite game, Jesus. Uh, sure. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, so there actually is. Have you seen that? There's like the there was a Steam game that they were advertising a while ago where like you get to play as Jesus. It was like a Christian game and you walk around healing people like a first person shooter. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. the, the, there's a long story tradition of Christian first person shooters. Oh yeah. Being yeah. back in the world of Noah's Ark 3D. I love just that. Reskin <laughs> Doom. You're just shooting you're the shoot, shit yeah. out of goats. You're yeah. shooting them with pellets, Steve. Oh, uh, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're you're euthanizing them for the Lord. Yeah. Sure. Excuse me. Um, so it's like you have the Wii U gamepad and you're just tapping on the screen to throw these water balloons, but they seem to have absolutely no effect. Like the only time they ever do anything is if you're like mid jump and then you can hit somebody with a a well-timed like water balloon and it might knock you into the pit. There was a very shitty level where we had to kind of do like a jump rope type of mini game where the little whapping sticks kept spinning around and we had to jump and duck alternatingly, but we couldn't move. So it was just very easy targets for Delaney to pelt us with water balloons. Yes, yeah. Oh, God, that one sucked. We're just sitting here like, it's. if you've seen the show, it's just a big rotating thing that you have to jump over every time it gets past you and goes faster and faster. The timer for it was like two minutes long. It was so long. So and you have long. to just keep doing it. And it's like, once you get the timing, it's pretty easy. But and that's where the that's where the water balloons actually were making me laugh And like a the bit. activation of the traps don't make any sense, as opposed to actually like, touching the trap itself to activate it which might make more sense there's just a little button in the lower right hand corner with like an exclamation point or a warning sign yeah and you just tap that and then some trap that's on your camera will be activated but you don't know what will be activated or when or how fast it will go also the trap the trap button has a recharge meter so you can't just like spam the trap button and also the camera only follows the 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 winning player like, so even after that first player wins, you just have to sit there and watch them in the winner's circle until the other player catches up. Like, you can't go back and fuck with them or do anything. It's it's a really odd style. It feels very tossed off. Well, I mean, it would be tossed off, right? Yeah. Because this game was probably not initially made for the Wii this, U, this was and a this Wii would game, be yeah. the only uh, mode that probably... This is probably the only version of this game that has this mode. Probably. I, w- I would be willing to bet. Again, there was no data on this game. This game does not exist. But if you play it, if you like, I don't know, like I like this mode the most because it allowed you to play in split screen, except since the trap mechanisms don't work very well, it's kind of much easier than the actual just single player mode. I was, I was which laughing. Is, again, very, very easy. I was laughing at how asinine it was, and it was funny that I was just sitting there getting belted with water balloons that weren't doing anything except making like these uh batman style pow biff boom bonk like uh uh, onomatopoeia popping up on you so yeah pretty pretty ridiculous well let's move on to our next game today since we have two of these things to talk about this next one is called wipeout create and crash this was released october 15th 2013 Developed by Behavior Interactive and published by Activision, and it was also released on 360 Wii and 3DS. Uh, Behavior is going to pop up a lot on this show. The French-Canadian studio went pretty heavy on the Wii U, to their detriment, of course. (laughs) We've talked about them previously with uh, Woody's personal favorite game, SpongeBob. Oof. Uh, And we'll talk about them again when we play Phineas and Ferb and Disney's Planes. So they're they're the Disney guys. I'm going to do preemptive ugh. Yeah, preemptive (laughs) uggs on both of those. 
Uh, one new bit I didn't notice when I was researching them. Uh, this company got into some legal trouble because they made a mobile game of the TV show Westworld. And basically what they did was they took Fallout Shelter, Bethesda's Fallout-themed mobile game, okay. and copied it. And they were even copied the bugs they, and the art style. Did and they the have gameplay. the Westworld branding? Yeah, they had the Westworld okay, branding. Okay, so they did have. A, they went through the legal challenges to like for that the branding, but not the legal challenge of just copying someone else's game. They just straight uh, from from what it sounds like, they just straight up copied the game with the bugs and everything. They settled this out of court, but I just thought that was funny and worth noting. Also, interesting that there's a Westworld game. Sure, never would have known. Uh, all right, so as the title of this game implies, the big hook here is your ability to build your own courses, and that's a first for this series. Uh, and uh, otherwise, it's kind of the same game that we played I mean, it's previously. very much the same game. Like, graphically, like, it's kind of interchangeable. It is, completely. Uh, which was a little disappointing, but I think that it does some smart additions here. Like, yeah. you, there's the obstacles are much more varied yeah. here like there's a lot of obstacles that allow you to s sort of like weave to the left and to the right like barrels coming down a hill yeah yeah um and there's a little balance board meter when you're in the first game like i didn't it was very hard to tell how to balance on the thin areas yeah here there's a little meter that makes it's actually pretty hard it is it's quite um, hard there's also a difficulty setting which i think you notice means that the traps don't flash before they attack you. Yeah, yeah. And there, we, to be clear, there was a difficulty setting in the original game oh, as okay. well. We just didn't mess with it. Got it. But, like, yeah, it, uh, it's either normal or black and bruised mode, and black and bruised is meant to be a little harder, and so they don't give you the warning about the traps. The theming here is actually a lot stronger, too. Like, we it forgot is. to mention in the first game, every episode has kind of its own weird theme. Like, the first one is Christmas-themed, and then there's a Wild West theme yeah. and like a back to school theme. Mm -hmm. But they're like pretty. A Vonnegut theme. Yeah, that one was weird. <laughs> yeah. Man versus nature, man yeah. versus yeah. machine. Yeah. Um, there was one that just said foam. That was the theme. It was a foam party. Yeah, it was these, weird. Um, the first game, like the themes were pretty lightly tacked on. Like there'd be like sort of a pendulum that goes back and forth in the back to school level. And it would be like pencils. Yeah. Or there would be like a locker that you had that went up and down like a yeah instead locker. of it they it's it's called the the sucker punch on the show it's just a boxing glove that comes out of the wall now it's a locker door yeah, yeah. but uh i thought the theming was much stronger in this second game yeah the, the create because like the pirate level has like sharks and pirate ships and it just it it's, felt more it felt more cohesive as like oh this this was designed with the theme in mind as opposed to just a reskin of a very basic course it is it is bloated with piracy it is absolutely dripping with pirate themes uh and uh, uh nautical nonsense mm -hmm. if that's something you wish yeah. um yeah so um as for the creator mode uh i think you kind of illustrated uh, the, the the good comparison here is that this is basically the complexity of original nes excite bikes create a, a player mode like you uh you just kind of like move along to six different sections of the course you cannot there's, there's no directional change here you, yeah it's, it's not just, like you're it's not like in tony hawk or anything where you're like drawing out like a long rail in whatever crazy shape you want you're like this is you have a straight line to work with here. What kind of shit do you want whacking into you along that line as you go? That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, you, the, each obstacle has like one to three star level difficulty. Yeah, so you can filter by difficulty, which made sense. Yeah. Um, some of the sort of pieces you have to buy, which seemed really weird as like a weird gatekeepy thing to just 
I don't know why you had to buy them. I guess they just really want you to play that single player mode and go through and get them. What do they call them? Like ball coins or ball bucks or something like ball, that? Ball yeah. Which is actually probably a real cryptocurrency now. Yeah. Like ball coin. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, yeah, so you, you basically just uh, you, you build this little level out of these little pre-packaged uh, parts, and then you can play it. You can string together four different custom levels to make your own episode of the show if you want to. It's, uh, the levels, like, again, for me complimenting the level design here is a big step up from the first one. Yeah. The custom levels are not. Like, no. they are much less interesting than the pre-made levels uh, because the theming is not as strong, and you're just going through this sort of flat area with a much lesser variety of obstacles yeah yeah absolutely uh i mean just not a whole lot else to say yeah, about this, this one honestly what was, are we at like a half hour are we <laughs> yeah yeah uh. Oh, we, we cracked 40 minutes. I'll so see. We, we're good. All we're right. Good. We, we yeah, at least look. got a we beat Extreme G. We got Prince Valiant sitting over there. That's <laughs> the, I mean, it's a crazy thing. I feel I'm not trying to give this these games short shrift. It's like they, they short shifted themselves. Yes, that's yeah, they, 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 they gave themselves a short shrift. It, they're very tossed off. Like these are um, I would I wouldn't say either of these are the worst games that we played. No, not like even we close. Played, they're not Maybe even close, close to that. I don't know. I don't know. But uh that I don't is, know. Do that we... is the thing that's weird. It's just like a matter of I didn't really have non-fun playing these games. No, but I didn't. I wouldn't say I had fun. Yeah, there was there was it was just there... kind of at a neutral emotional state for the duration. Sure. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nice warm water of a game. I guess you know I, I peed myself a little bit, but uh, otherwise pretty harmless. Delaney, what do you think? Um. Yeah, not the best game. I didn't have fun, but it was more about my companions than the game. Oh, but yeah, at that, the same that tracks, time, that tracks. At the same time, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of shoddily put together. I kind of got the feeling that it was just trying to ride the success of the TV show more than create oh, yeah. a like fun game to play. And also, I thought it was kind of cheap. This is just a small thing. I thought it was kind of cheap that they put the rails on the edges like like bowling for kids, you know? Oh, yeah, Where yeah. you just couldn't fall off at all. It just seemed it just seemed weird. Like, you could only go forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a metaphor, you know? Maybe it's just saying, like, no matter what life or obstacle courses throw at you, you just have to keep you going forward. You can only go forward. Or crouch sometimes and don't move. Yeah. Uh, those so are, that's what we've been doing the past two years. We've just been crouching and yeah. not moving. Yeah, exactly. We've been in our respective bunkers. All right, well, let's rank these sons of bitches here. Um, I think I know where I want to put mine, and I'm going to say both of them are underneath Devil's Third. No, no, they're going lower than that. Yeah. They're going lower than that. They, these are both underneath Book of Unwritten Tales 2. That would make them 26 and 27, respectively. Uh, I would say I would put Create and Crash slightly above three i think i think you make a good point i think they, they do try and make it a little more dynamic and the creator mode while uninspired uh would be a uh understatement i would say it's functional and and it's probably like like delaney said for kids pretty easy to toss it together uh yeah i like i like that placement i will also put it under book of unwritten tales which is number 29 all right um ahead of the avengers battle for earth game like, oh, that was a game I already forgot about. Yeah, Jesus, exactly. that was not long ago. No, um, I might need to get my head checked. <laughs> sure. Well, that, that game really has that effect. Just coming <laughs> and going. Um, they're, they're so simple and so remedial. I did. I found the slightest bit of enjoyment from the create, create and crash one. Yeah. Just because the levels were so effort, were slightly more engaging. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I don't know in what world I would quote unquote recommend these games either it's, for, for single player or multi. I guess in the same way, I mean, in some ways, this does capture the spirit of the TV show because that's like something that you could put on in the background. Yeah. Like while you're doing something else. And this is you could probably play this game, game without noticing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of tape the control stick forward yeah. and then use your toe to tap the A button every so often. <laughs> I actually did that with a video game once, Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, an achievement you have to get by walking a certain amount. And it was like, all right, this is going to take fucking forever. So I just used a rubber band, uh, fixed up the analog stick so that the guy was running in a circle and then just went to work. <laughs> and when I came back, I got it. Did you I get the achievement? It. I got it. I got it. I 100% of that game. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like, weirdly, these are two games I kind of wish were worse. I kind of wish they were like dumber or like maybe had some kind of broken physics engine because then, then at least you can kind of laugh at it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, just and, to be clear, like these games are very bad. Yeah, no, they're not like, good. They're not good, but like feels like they should be. It's not bad in an entertaining way. Um, yeah, exactly. They should be amusingly incompetent. All right. We have a uh, letter to start with here, and then we've got uh, the grand return of Prince Valiant. So just very in time, excited. too. So uh, the, this letter starts, hello, Steve and Woody. Hello. Hello. Uh, I, just re- I, w- I just wanted to write in and thank you for the really good recent Talking Hawk series on Patreon. Thank you. Uh, I, like, I like this thing where people write in and promote our Patreon for us. No, it's great. It makes I'm, us seem less uh, shilly. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bad salesman, so this helps. Uh, despite being the same age as you both, I'd never really heard of any of these Tony Hawk games before. Much what? less did I realize that any of them are any good. What? I guess I kind of assumed skateboarding games were Madden-esque shovelware, and I'm really glad I was wrong. My only previous knowledge of Tony Hawk came from a cameo he did on Max Steel back when I was in high school, so I learned a lot. I do not know what Max Steel is. <laughs> yeah, this, I love the way this guy just lives in a whole separate reality. Than us, where, like, <laughs> Max Steel is the number one thing. He doesn't know that Tony Hawk games are sweet. Speaking of which, I need to know, at what Patreon level do I get to force you guys to be Transformers Transmetals using the skateboard controller? That's Ooh. the $10,000 a day tier. Also, yeah, we would yeah. have to rewire the skateboard controller to work on the Nintendo 64. It's true. So you it's figure true. out that technology and then get back to us. Absolutely. Uh, in that series, you asked if there are any other numbered games in a series that are as bad as Tony Hawk 5. I've never played Tony Hawk 5, but I have some candidates. First, Mega Man X7 is infamously awful. I've heard that, too. They decided to ditch everything from previous games, creating ugly 3D models, and decided for some reason that half the game should be top-down 3D gameplay instead of the traditional Mega Man-style game. The controls are terrible. The game is deeply unfun. To make it worse, they even decided that you can't play as X for most of the game. The main character is unlockable. Final Fantasy 2 is also a nearly unplayable, glitchy mess, disliked by pretty much everyone. Though I will say, like, the first Final Fantasy for NES is, like, it's not, not a masterpiece. No, it's pretty <laughs> like... boring. Uh, however, the remakes, uh, the remakes of it have some defenders, since it's just uh, the second game in the series. I'm not sure it's really fair to pick on it. Yeah. Finally, and I know the entire world disagrees with me, and I'm just being contrarian, but Resident Evil 4 is a pretty garbage game compared to Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, and Code Veronica, and very much shows a huge decline in quality, Saying that, even I have to admit, it's a playable game, so it's probably not in the ballpark of Tony Hawk 5. I do have to interject there. Like, I I, I consider Resident Evil 4 like a three and a half out of four star game, and I feel like that's a fucking hot take. Yeah, I feel like, like you me don't, knocking you don't, you're it not down. crazy about that game as a Resident Evil. Knocking it down like, like that half style. point is like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's me being contrarian. Sure. This, saying that this one's like a garbage game is, whoa, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's we're, we're blazing here. Anyway, a question before I go. 
I was enamored of the NBA 2K13's Wii U gamepad feature, which lets you check the hydration levels of your players. I wanted to ask, in a parallel universe in which the N64 had an even worse controller, what kinds of goofy and misplaced features would some of your favorite or least favorite N64 games have if they used the Wii U gamepad? Can't wait to hear more from Prince Val, and that is from Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. That's a a fun letter. Thank you. Um, All right, so the question there is uh, if... Nintendo 64 had a Wii U gamepad. What features would we want to see used that would be somewhat equivalent to the hydration meter brought to you by Gatorade? Sure. Um, Well, I don't know if I could ever rival the hydration meter. A feature that I think would actually be pretty helpful is in Perfect Dark or Goldeneye, something like that would help you keep track of your missions or like use your gadgets. It always took me so long to figure out how to equip like these weird gadgets in goldeneye they were way harder to use yeah like yeah a watch laser or something to have like a touch screen on the uh gamepad would go a long way for that i think that would yeah um, that would be really fun i also i think that there's a definitive right answer to this which is pokemon snap oh um, yeah 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 that's very that's a good answer actually where you that would just be able to hold up the gamepad to the screen and essentially use it as a camera that'd be rad that'd yeah. actually be rad and i don't even think the new one does that so well no because yeah. they don't have the they don't have the ability to mirror screens exactly like yeah. they really they you know it it's cool that there was a new pokemon snap but they really missed the boat by no wii u pokemon snap. that was a shame that was yeah. a shame for me, I was actually thinking like this is, you know, one of the laziest things you can do with the gamepad is just make it a map screen. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about a game that would like really, really benefit from that. And I think Blast Core would really, really benefit from having a little map on your screen that'll tell you where vehicles are. Oh, it'll cool. tell you where that train is. Like you can kind of plan your route a little bit better instead of just sort of driving around in sort of a pixely overworld. I was also thinking the game Battle Zone, which notoriously just confused the hell out of us. Yes. Like maybe something that either has a map or a mission log on the bottom would have helped us actually make sense of what was going or on a, in that game. Or a YouTube video explaining the game <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, just just, plays just on play the- that on the yeah. second screen. Uh yeah, that I think do we feel are we good about those answers? I guess we answers? answered that question. I think we answered it. Yeah. Did you want to answer the question, Delaney? Uh no, but I did want to ask where my fan mail is. Oh, uh hang on, let me find it in the uh go fuck yourself <laughs> file. Oh, I found it. It's it's right here. It says uh it dear say? Delaney, uh go fuck yourself. Love Josiah. Oh, oh that's yeah, really sweet. Yeah. Weird. Weird that he would send that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why he didn't just hand it to you, but yeah. <laughs> um, so for new listeners, a.k.a. Delaney, um, well, we, big news, the Prince Valiant book got returned to the library, so I checked it out again. Yeah, I feel well, like me and one other person are just fighting for constant control of this Prince I Valiant I like to book. think that like it's a listener who is trying to stop us. Like I like to think they're just trying like, God damn it, I need a break from this nonsense. Yeah, I want them to listen to the Wipeout. Th- I want to listen to more Wipeout-themed content. Um, so we made it through about... Oh, that's how we should have started this episode. That's how I'm ending it. Okay, anyway. So when last we met Prince Valiant, long time ago, he got attacked by this weird sort of troglodyte man who turned out to be a friend, and then he defended him against some giant turtle. All right, I'm ready to do my Foley work, my Academy Award-winning Foley work. Oh, yeah, so synopsis. Prince Valiant is attacked by a strange monster that he beats severely. Oh, wait, I think we already read this one. I'm Oh, Jesus Christ. This um, segment is always such a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You always feel free when we announce Prince Valiant to just turn on the podcast. <laughs> um, synopsis: I'm skipping ahead. I, I think in like a couple months we'll just like skip ahead uh, like a whole book. Um, <laughs> 
You want to read out loud? You want to read out loud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, guests can read out loud. Absolutely. Synopsis. Prince Valiant, while while exploring the Fens, invaded the domain of Horrit, the witch, and was attacked by her son. The monster Throg... Mm -hmm. Throg was terribly beaten, and three days elapsed before Val returned him to the starving witch. That was me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's crouching in a, near some ducks. Uh, and then the next one, he's making a fire. While crackle, Val crackle, is preparing, preparing enough game to last until Throg's recovery, Horrit limps up. Are these their names? Yes. Okay. I think. Probably. <laughs> I believe, <laughs> I believe maybe. I don't like how there's a lot of hyphens. Like, it makes me feel like it's two words put together. Oh, uh, well, I mean, compound modifiers, baby. Tonight, I'll show you your future, she cackles. There is no greater sorrow for man than to know his future. And then it gets all dark and creepy. She's kind of putting up her hands like she's scary. <laughs> now, pretty I'm boy, scared. says Horrit that night, gaze into the Pete Embers, and I will tell you what is in store for you. I knew a guy named Pete Embers. <laughs> That's my brother. Oh, hey. <laughs> a strange horror comes over Val as he gazes into the fire. Already, oh. your, <laughs> already your greatest sorrow awaits you, shrills Horrit gleefully. Now look and see what else you befall. The glare of the coals makes him dreamy. <laughs> but faint, That's true. He's but already dreamy. Faintly at first, he sees a warrior in full armor. Then clank, castles clank, clank. and glittering armies. How much of this do we read at a time? That one, one page. Oh my god, that's too much. We're reading the whole book <laughs> right now. Battles and much fine fighting. A king and queen. That's stupid, Arthur, and his flighty wench Guinevere spat the witch. Oof, hate them. And you will confront the unicorn. Is this a story? Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> yes. The dragon and the griffin, black men in yellow. You will see. You will have high adventure, but nowhere do I see happiness and contentment. Mm. Now go, she screams, go, because you have brought Throg back to me. Because great sorrow awaits you, I let you go. But haste ere I remember what you did to my baby and curse you with a foul disease. COVID. It's, <laughs> it's got not it. COVID. That's this how, was a long time that's ago. That's how it started. Started. Okay. Started in ancient Egypt or wherever the fuck this is. I don't think that's where they are. I think they're in England. I don't know. With difficulty, Val plunges through the swamp to his canoe and, sick with fear, paddles madly toward home. Splash, 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 splash. Coming next week, the prophecy fulfilled. There we go. Next week, the prophecy will finally be fulfilled. <laughs> so it's the end of Prince Valiant. I don't know what all these other hundred pages in this book are. What do you even need them for? The prophecy is almost there. So. I have to say, as horrible as it is for listener content for that bit it really does entertain <laughs> me to just watch us stumble over it and an excellent reading by the way Delaney. nicely read nicely read thank you oh thank you that's what i went to school for is it really reading prince valiant specifically yeah yeah we read P prince valiant like over and over and over and over so i didn't even really need to look at the book but uh. good call good call he's the uh he's the mascot of yale which oh is sure <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you. Yeah, aside for this. from next week, from the prophecy being fulfilled, yeah. what games are we playing on, oh, the, on the second aspect of this podcast? An even darker prophecy has been invoked upon us uh, because we are revisiting one of our old enemies, the Transformers. Oh, wow. Timely. For Transformers Prime and Transformers Rise of the Dark Spark. So let's see if these fucking things have gotten better. Uh, the, I mean, it, the, the, the benchmark for the Transformer games that we have played so far is very low. This thing can step over that. Yeah. 
So as long as these are basically functional and do not make me want to throw up, then these games are going to do better. Delaney Saul, thank you so much for being here. Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug or anything you'd like to tell people about? Oh, thank you, Steve. That's really nice of you. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of just like an average, normal, famous, hot girl. Sure. And I actually have a piece in an anthology coming out in December that's going to be called Down by the Sea Zine. And you can find that on Twitter. And I'm also on Twitter at, at Bimbo Goblin. So you can find me there. I actually, honestly, like, uh, you're one of my favorite Twitter presences. You're very funny on Twitter. So I would say oh, definitely you. people follow her on Twitter. It's yeah, you fun. can follow me. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll lock it. But even if it's locked, go ahead. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So tune in next week. We're doing a double dose of some Transformers. And uh, until then, try not to bounce on balls. What is his slogan? He says, good night, good night and, and big balls. Good night and big balls to all of you. I hope you all, every single one of you, have big balls. Uh, I've got his God. balls. And she's got big balls. He's got the biggest balls of them all. Oh, that's that's, that's the that ACDC song. song right? That is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah it's weird yeah. that I don't know. Well, sorry, we we've lost it. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.